Hey there, true listeners. This is Kyle from the Longbox Cast, and you're listening to another great Four Ride Radio podcast. For more great shows, check out fourrideradio.com. And while you're at it, check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash longboxcast. A swing and a belt. Left field. Way back. Blue Jays win it. The Blue Jays are World Series champions. Celebration starts. The New Jersey Devils for the third time in their history have won the Stanley Cup. The Devils three. The Ducks nothing. Devils Stanley Cup champions. Right through. A pick block by Steve Gleason. It is scooped and scored by Curtis DeLoach. Hi, welcome to Ballpark Bros, the show about sport. That's right. Uh, that is Tom. I'm Mike, and with us in studio is our producer Eric. Howdy. Do you guys smell it? Do you smell it? What the rock is cooking? Baseball. Did you just fart? Baseball is in the air, gentlemen. That sounds painful. Baseball is in the air. Uh, Indians pitchers and catchers reported yesterday. A whole slew of teams sent their pitchers and catchers today, and the remainder will show up tomorrow. Baseball is back. I'm kind of excited, actually. The the one sport I actually uh, follow fairly regularly, and I did not at all last year because uh, I was moving across the country in the middle of the season, so I kind of had other things on my mind. It wasn't just that you were moving. It was the way in which you moved. Yeah, the, the <laughs> awful move across the country that took two months before we were even sort of beginning to get settled. Yeah, it was it was awful. So I'm looking forward to this season. We'll get you, We're going to get you into it to the levels that we are. <laughs> It's really easy. Well, he's probably already more into it than I am, especially after the, the crappiness of this past season, and I don't think we're going to be better this year. Well, that's gonna. It's a little foreshadowing. I didn't put it on our rundown for you guys, but that's a little foreshadowing for our final segment. Uh, we're going to take a little detour off our normal course. It's going to be a surprise final segment, so you guys are going to want to stick around for that. <laughs> well, I don't that, like that surprises. My shock noise. Oh. So before we dive into the baseball stuff, uh, we're going to head over to the world of men's ice hockey. Tom's going to go ahead and give his power rankings for the NHL as of uh, yesterday. Yep. Uh, let's see. We got at number 10, we got Ottawa. They're, uh, they've been really pretty good over the last uh, few weeks. They're going to climb up that list really quickly with Craig Anderson back. Yeah, I think they are. Yeah. Shut out um, his first game back. Over the last 10, they're 5-3-2. and two. Yeah. They're on a two-game win streak, um, and... I mean, they've been in that playoff spot pretty much the whole season, and they're they're going to stay. They might actually even have a chance to pass uh, Montreal because they have not been doing so hot. Uh, yeah, what was the final score of the game last night? I shut it off at four to nothing. Uh, I did not uh, <laughs> pay much attention to that one. No, I shut it off. The Bruins were up four nothing on Montreal, and I was like, yeah, uh, I don't really need to see much more of this. Yeah, it, none of the games were any good no. at all. Well, uh, hey, the Dallas game was quote unquote good. Um, they blew a three-goal lead and lost five to three. I mean, did you guys like the meme I sent? Yeah, that was pretty good. Uh, <laughs> see, the final was four to two in that uh, Canadians Blues. Game. Oh wow! So they came back a little they bit. They came storming back. Yeah, I have to throw that meme I made up on the page. It's a picture of Kari Letton and it says, "Nice three-goal lead you have there. Be a shame if someone started letting in pucks." I get it now. Now that I now that I hear it pronounced. Yeah. I was looking at it going, uh, Lechian? Nope. I, <laughs> he's he's Kari Lettinen. 
He's he's very good at letting in pucks. His, wait, his name is letting in? Kari And they made him the goalkeeper? And he's the goalie, yeah. Yeah. That doesn't seem like a smart move. At a young at a, at a young age, he was like, Daddy, I'm going to be a goalie. And he's going to say it. And his dad says to him, Well, son, us letting ins are not so great at that. <laughs> Your grandpappy tried soccer once. <laughs> it didn't go well. Uh, number nine, Tom. Uh, the Oilers. Uh, because there's really nowhere else I can put them on the list. <laughs> um, they're, uh, they've been mediocre lately, ups and downs, nothing much to say about them. But they're a solid, they've been a solid team all year. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing actually with, uh, with my number eight. Yes. Anaheim. Yeah. Um, that Pacific Coast hockey that no one gives a crap about. I, I give a crap only because it's the stuff that's on when I get home from work. Right. I, like, as we discussed, I'm the same way. I'll come home from work and watch usually the Ducks or Kings. Yeah. Um, and then, again, uh, number seven, San Jose. Pacific hockey. Uh, not a lot to say. They did just beat my Devils. Um, one would assume that they're on their East Coast uh, trip because they did just play in New Jersey. Yeah. I'm not sure what else they have coming up. Yeah, probably probably the Buffalo, uh, double New York, and Philly swing, I'd assume. Well, if they can get past uh, the Rangers, they should have an easy time with the rest of them. Yeah, yeah. But that uh, getting past the Rangers is, is not going to be an easy task, especially of late, yeah. uh, because at number six, I've got the Rangers. 8-2-0 and in their last ten. Winners of five straight. Uh, Henrik Lundqvist recently got his 400th win. Recently has looked like a real goalie again. Yeah, um, which makes him, I think, the 12th goalie in league history to get to 400. 400. Wake me up when he hits 600. Wake you up when he uh, does what only one other person has done? Yeah. Wake uh, me up before you go-go. No, I'm just going to go-go. You're going to leave me You hanging? need No, like you need yo-yo? to wake him up. How else are you going to go-go? I'll get my bicycle. <laughs> Bye. Sorry. I'm this just is a thinking in song lyrics we, today okay. for some reason. <laughs> so this is a very vivid memory for me. Um, we went to Cedar Point. Tom and I were very young. and uh, I was younger. We, <laughs> as you were. I won that one. We were in we were in my Aunt Mary and Uncle Ted's, our Aunt Mary and Uncle Ted's uh, old conversion van. And we stopped at a rest stop and we were going to go in and get something to eat. This is on the way home. I was very tired, and I was sitting in between my cousins, uh, Mike and Aaron, and Bicycle was playing on the radio, and Mike was just going nuts singing it. That is like one of, like, I was extremely young, and that's one of my uh, very first, like, vivid memories. So I've always loved that song, despite the fact that it's terrible. And I love Queen. Absolutely love him, but that song is awful. Yeah, it's bad. I mean, it could be worse, but it's bad. It could be Fat Bottom Girls, you're right. I like. You don't I like say that. a bad word about fat bottom girls. <laughs> they make the rock and world go round. Yeah, man. What? Come on now. We need a. Oh man, I have a story for the after dark show. We got to do another after dark show so I can tell this story. Um, we need a. We need a Queen podcast. That is something the world wants more than anything else. Um, okay, that's true. All right, number four. Number four. You mean number five? No, to hell with number five. Numero cinco. The Chai Blackhawk. Is this four or five? Five. This is five because it's the next one in my list. I remember those guys from Wayne's World. Yeah. Um, Playing in the street all the time? I remember them from National Hockey League where they're 7-3-0 and over the last 10. Winners of five straight. They are uh, really starting to put the press on to the east, these western teams are. It's not as, uh, you know, 
Lopsided? <laughs> yeah. It, it's much closer than it was before. I think it's the first time we've had a team in a, a West team in the top five since we started doing this. And I've got two. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're, uh, they're putting it together. They're finally, you know, all sides of the game are coming together. Their penalty kill is still bad, but it's going to be all year. And I think they've accepted that. Um, just minor improvements are are going to be what they are aiming for. Number four. The Pittsburgh Penguins, 6-2-2 two two over the last 10. They did lose in overtime uh, in their last game, so that's their current streak. Um, but again, it's the same story as it has been with every power rankings. Uh, the Penguins are just very good. Decent goaltending and well above average scoring. Yep. Uh, and, you know... There's going to be trophy winners on that team. Yeah. It's just a matter of which one. Uh, what do you expect them to do in the trade market in the next couple of weeks? Um, Maybe a defenseman? They might try. I would not be surprised if they traded uh, to get Ben Lovejoy back from the Devils. Yeah. Who I think are going to be offloading. Um because the the chances that the Devils make the playoffs are very low. Yeah, you guys have slipped off the fringe that you were on earlier in the Actually, season. It's 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 still they're still right in there. They're still only three or four points out of that last playoff spot. But a couple more teams have gotten in between but them. The uh, the last playoff spot is the only spot up for grabs. Right. So uh, and for a while, I mean, they were like number nine, and they've let a yeah. couple teams in there. So they've they've slipped a bit. I mean, eight eight teams pressing for the same spot. Yeah. It's it doesn't bode well for any one of those teams. Right. What do we figure? Uh, Buffalo's the only team out of it in the East right now? Something like that? I don't even know if they're that far out of it. I, I would say that, you know, historically, yes, they're out of it, but uh, they've got a better record than the Red Wings right now. Really? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's uh, nobody is more than uh, seven points out. The, oh. Red, the Red Wings are seven points out of that playoff spot. I had not realized they had dropped into last place. Yeah. Their play hasn't been right, and it's it's a little shocking to me, honestly. Yeah, um, they're gonna have a little issue here soon. Not having Nyquist in the uh, lineup after he tried to take out Spurgeon's eye. Yeah, that uh, if that's not a twenty-game suspension. Well, they're talking based on based on previous instances where things like this have happened. He's looking at six to ten. I don't. I mean, that was there was malicious intent. He turned around and you know squared him up before he swung that stick. Yep. Yep, but yeah, they're they're looking at six to ten based on prior incidents uh, of this kind. And like uh, Nyquist is not that type of player either. You right, know? he's not the 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 hothead. So I wonder if that'll factor into it too. Um, it could. It very well could. Uh, you know, people's people's pasts are usually held against them. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Got a whole segment on that. Um, so with him not having a pass, that might be a good thing for him. Yeah. So number three, Columbus. They're gonna fall rapidly, though. I think so too. The way the, they've been playing the last couple of weeks, they've been just hanging on. They're still one of the better teams, but with the with the West teams starting to put the pressure to them, and and some of the East teams are are starting to play better, like the Rangers. It's gonna be really hard for Columbus to to hold on to their position. You are correct. Number two, uh, the Minnesota Wild. Uh, when when they and the and the Blue Jackets had their their winning streaks and they lost, they didn't let it stop. Right, they, they would, went yeah. right back to it. They got they got right back on the horse, uh, which I think is where the term horse hockey comes from. Yes, yes, you are correct. Um, <laughs> and, uh, popularized uh, by Colonel Potter on Mash. Yeah, 
which was you know way before this game. Yes, the greatest uh, TV show of all time. I will fight anyone who disagrees <laughs> with me. <laughs> Eric was waiting for it. He's like, I know he's going to say it. <laughs> I mean, it was a good show, but I mean, greatest of all time is a bit of a stretch. I think. But... Tom, hold down the show. <laughs> it is not. Uh, it is not a bit of a stretch. You're right. It's a. It's a large stretch. It's not a bit of a stretch. No. It's a good show, but it's. Uh, it's no Friends. <laughs> The look right now. Which one of these is yours? <laughs> the look right now is worth every second of that. I'm just going to unplug all these. Which one of these switches turns off your microphone? The main one will turn them all off. I mean. Well, we don't want that. <laughs> Tom and I aren't spewing nonsense. I was about to spew some. Oh, okay. Actually, Tom is kind of spewing nonsense. I can't help but notice you don't have Montreal in your top ten. Yeah, because they've been sucking. You don't think they're uh, still, I mean, yeah, we got to take, you know, there, there's a bit of recency bias, but you don't think that overall, when it comes down to it, they're a better team than Edmonton? That's not what uh, Tom's power rankings are about. No, I think I think um, power rankings are a way to uh, show who's what, hot and who's not. what you've done for me lately. And since we only do a top 10 here... I know the the NHL website does the top 16, which yeah. is playoffs. Know, playoffs, but... Which we will do when the playoffs start. We will go right. sixteen to one. Yeah, um, and I I think that right now Montreal does not deserve a spot on this list. Okay, I just want to know your rationale. That's all. So number one, number one is the Washington Capitals. Well, duh. I mean, it's, we've said it week in week out on this show. They're uh, they're getting the goaltending that they got last year, which is kind of surprising to me. I thought Holtby was going to come back more towards the middle i mean he's had terrible seasons and he had that great one last year i thought he was going to come back to the middle well i think it's uh it's not so much that he's as good as he was last year because there have only been two seasons by goalies that were as good or right better than right he. um and I, I just think it's he's been playing strong com- uh combined with uh grubauer the backup yeah who is not he's not played like a backup would play he's played like a starter and he's gonna get some money yeah. Oh yeah. Hopefully if he, if from he keeps Dallas. This up, if he keeps this up through to a contract uh season, he's gonna get paid. Oh my god. Lettinen and Klingberg for Gruber. I'll do it. Let's do it. Somebody get Jim Nell on the phone. Um we're in the middle of a show. I'll do it later. Alright, thanks. So yeah, you know, Washington is number one. Alright. And that's not to say that they'll do anything in the playoffs. But I think now is the time. They have to win the cup in the next three seasons or it's not going to happen. Right. Yeah. Um, I like them better than I like most of the other teams in the East right now as far as how far they'll go in the playoffs. And I know their history, but, you know, crazier things have happened. And there have been tons of times when teams have had that kind of history and they've gone on to uh, get the championship or at least appear, which is something they're still trying to do. Yeah. Um, so I, I would say that even with their history, they are probably the favorites in the East to reach the Stanley Cup final. Uh, I don't know what the Vegas odds are on that, but I can buy that. Yeah. A uh, little bit of sad news out of the hockey world. It's out of the baseball world as well. Um, Detroit Red Wings and Detroit Tigers owner Mike Illich passed away over the weekend. Uh, Illich was the owner of the Red Wings since 1982 and the owner of the Tigers since 1992. Um, born and raised in Detroit, Michigan, and did everything he could to try to turn Michigan back into a top-notch city. Um he uh, he got his start uh, in business with Little Caesars, uh, which is why the Red Wings Stadium will be named uh, Little Caesars uh, Palace or uh, Stadium something. or Arena, Little Caesars Arena. Dave, Arena. David said that it should be uh, 
uh, Little Caesars presents Gordie Howe Rink at Mike Illich Arena. I would like that. I really would. Unfortunately, I don't think it's going to happen, but um, yeah, that that would be nice. Um, he graduated out of Cooley High School in Detroit and entered the U.S. Marine Corps for four years. Um, after his return home, the Tigers had offered him $3,000 to play baseball, and he had a four-year four minor league career from 1952 to 1955. Uh, he played mostly second base for the Tigers, Yankees, and Senators organizations, um, and he was forced out of playing due to a knee injury after those four years. Um, after leaving baseball, he started a pizza business in 1959, which became Little Caesars, um, he opened it in Garden City, Michigan, and obviously, as we all know, they've expanded quite a bit Yeah. Uh, in the time since. Um, in 1999, he established Illich Holdings Incorporated to provide various enterprises with their uh, professional and technical services. Um, as I said, he uh, <clears throat> bought the Red Wings in 1982 and almost instantly turned them into a contender. He he went to work right away trying to build that team up because they were not good in the eighties. Yeah, no, in his they, late they, 70s, were, 80s. they were pretty bad. Um, um, he uh, you know put together put together cup teams in what ninety five, ninety seven, ninety eight, ninety three. Did they win it the year before or after they got swept by the Red or by the by the Devils? I believe the year after. So ninety five, ninety seven, and ninety eight. Yeah, so it was ninety ninety five, ninety six. No, it wasn't. It wasn't three straight though. Right. Ninety five, ninety seven, ninety eight is what I think. No, because the the Devils won in ninety four, ninety five. Oh, okay. So it would have had to have been the year. It was it was ninety three, ninety four. Gotcha. Uh, anyway, um, the Red Wings made the playoffs twenty five consecutive seasons, uh, going up through last year, uh, the longest active postseason streak in all. Of the top four North American sports. Um, Sadly, it looks like it's going to come to an end. Yeah. Did I, say, well, I, I meant current. I don't... I, yeah, current. Yeah. Longest active streak. Okay, sorry. Couldn't remember what I said five seconds ago. Um, in 1992, Illich purchased the Detroit Tigers from uh, fellow pizza maker Tom Monaghan, um, who founded Domino's of Pizza. Of the well-known Monaghan Brothers Pizza. <laughs> um, founder of Domino's. Um now, the Tigers did not have the same success right away, um, but in the early to mid-2000s, they did turn themselves into uh, perennial contenders and actually went to a pair of World Series in that time, uh, losing both to the Giants and yes, the Cardinals. It was, yeah, it was. Yes, Giants and Cardinals. Um, uh, Mr. Illich was inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame in 2003, as well as the United States Hockey Hall of Fame in 2004. Um, and much more than his, uh, his contribution to sports, his charitable drives and causes were some of the best this area has ever seen. Um, in 1985, he opened the Little Caesars Love Kitchen. Uh, it was a traveling restaurant that was created to feed the hungry and assist with food provisions during national disasters. Um, the program, uh, was recognized by former presidents Clinton, George H.W. Bush, and Reagan, uh, throughout their time in office, um. In 2006, uh, inspired by a veteran returning to civilian life without his legs, uh, Illich founded the Little Caesars Veterans Program to, to provide honorably discharged veterans with business opportunities when they transition from service or when they seek a career change. Illich received the Secretary's Award from the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs for this program in 2007, which that's the highest honor that can be bestowed to a civilian by the department. Ooh, nice. Um, he, just a wonderful man. All the way through. Um, I don't. I've never heard anyone say a negative thing about Mike Illich or the Illich family. Uh, the hockey world, the baseball world, and just the world in general lost a great man this weekend. Mm-hmm. And we are all lesser for it. 
So our thoughts and condolences go out to the Illich family, friends, and sports fans everywhere. Do you think the Tigers put one together for him? <laughs> I'd like to see it. Um, that would be that would be nice. I don't uh, I don't believe so. Um, and also, uh, rumors flying when this kind of thing happens. Uh, you know, could the Tigers be up for sale? Will Will the Illiches hang on to them? Will they focus solely on the Red Wings? And we'll we'll see what happens with that. But uh, you know, just uh, focus it, focusing on Mister Illich for now. Uh, I, as David said, I would like them to, to honor him some way with the new arena. Um, although, you know, him being the owner and creator of Little Caesars, you know, he's always going to be hand in hand with the name of that arena. Yeah. So it is kind of honoring him, but it would be nice to see his name somewhere on the building. They'll probably give him a, a pavilion or something. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah, just the name of the business uh, is probably not enough because, no, honestly, it's... if you'd asked me a week ago or longer, uh, two weeks ago, we'll say, who owns Little Caesars, I'd have been like, Caesar? <laughs> right. <laughs> Julius? I don't know. I I had no idea that that was the name behind the, the pizza pizza. Yep. So, yeah, yeah. They, should throw, they should slap his name on the stadium because yeah. that's a more fitting tribute than just the business. Right, but you know, enough people will know that that was the Illich family. But yeah, it's. Uh, I would like to see his name on the building somewhere. Um, you know, he'll probably get an entrance or like Tom said, a pavilion or something like that. So hopefully, uh, Detroit will do the right thing and change the name after the uh, after the deal is up for Little Caesars. So all right, uh, we're gonna stick in hockey for a little bit, right, Tom? Yes, we are. All right, uh, got a little recap of the NWHL All Star Game. Yes, yes, they they uh, they played an All Star Game. Uh, yesterday. Yes. End of recap. <laughs> yes, they played one. Back to you. <laughs> that, that did happen. <laughs> Trying to bring up the uh, the recap here on, on my one app, and it just doesn't want to work. Crashing. Yeah. Uh, I know that it was 11-10 to 10 for Team Kessel. Yikes. Well, it's an all-star game. I know. Um, it was interesting. Did they, they not bring any all-star goalies? Well, when you've got... In the history of hockey all-star games. <laughs> and uh, also... Well, not so much anymore, but in the history of international play, um, there's a lot more scoring than there is in regular NHL play because the forwards are so much better. You have three all-star forwards plus two all-star defensemen going up against one all-star goalie. Whereas on a typical team, you have maybe one or two all-star players on the ice at any given time. Just just think about if, if you had a team where every line that you had was a line comprised of your top three players. They're going to score a lot. Yeah. No matter who the goalie is. Just get better goalies. Why do they, why are they why are they starting, you know, like Jose lets it pass and uh probably George doesn't do a damn thing on the other side there. It see what like. they see what they're, <laughs> they're not. not. <laughs> they're starting the world's best goalies. It's just Again, you're one great player. Did you say being a goalie is hard? Yes, going what? against five great players. <laughs> anyway, I don't buy it. <laughs> it was uh I actually did watch a little bit of it yeah. uh, after I got home uh, yesterday. It was wide open, as you'd expect. Um, now, do they do the same adjustments for the game that the NHL does? They played two 25-minute uh, halves as opposed to the three 20-minute periods, which I thought was a fun, you know, just change up there. Um, it, you know, it makes it for a, a shorter game, but it also condenses the play a bit, you know? Right. So they do they do the three on three? No, it's it's five on five. Gotcha. Um, uh, Kessel did have a hat trick in that game. Her third goal was yes. an empty netter. And um, 
Uh, Harrison Brown had two goals and I think three assists. If I read that right, when they popped it up on the screen, I might yeah. it it might have been two goals and, and and three total points. But right, I know for sure he had uh, two goals. Yeah, um, yeah, it looked like it was a wild game, um, and uh, the game was a sellout. Yeah, um, uh, so that was very nice to hear. They played at the Pittsburgh Penguins training facility uh, in in the. Uh, outskirts of pittsburgh yeah you think phil got down there to see his sister oh yeah you gotta think he did uh unless uh did they play last night uh you know i wound up just watching the one or no well the two games yesterday because i did watch the stars game before i wound up tuning in for the uh for the bruins uh canadians game uh, but uh, no, they did not have a game yesterday. Um, they did play the night before out in Arizona. Ah, so chances are he uh, he may not have caught it. Chances are no. All right. So uh, when are the women back in action? Uh, next weekend, I believe. All right. Yeah, they uh, they did just uh, compress the schedule so that they could be done before the World Championships. That seems like a pretty good idea. Yeah, they'll be done by I think it's. Uh, March nineteenth, they'll have the playoffs complete, um, and then they'll they'll all go off to their uh, respective international teams uh, or whatever they do, um, and then they'll be back for the next season starting in uh, October, I think. I think uh, man, season just keeps running out. I think we're gonna just have to right now plan for October to go to a game. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I don't think there's really. I mean. The teams are all so far away. It it makes it tough. Right. Yeah, know? like we have to plan a Boston trip just to be able to do that. So. And I don't know that anyone's ever planned just a trip to Boston. Right. Um, so swing it over to the hard court. Is that a basketball word? I think they call it the uh, wood rink. You're right. W- wood rink. Yep, that, that's it. Nailed it. Uh, we, had, we did have one big showdown over the weekend. Kevin Durant returned to Oklahoma City for the first time as a member of the Warriors. Yes, he did. Um, he got into it with like two or three different Thunder players, uh, Robinson, and then got into a trash-talking match with Russell Westbrook. Um, Westbrook came away with the better performance individually. However, Golden State walked away with the 130-114 to win. Um, Russell Westbrook scored 47 points, had 8 assists and 11 rebounds in 37 minutes. He didn't have the triple-double? He did not. Wow. Uh, Durant put up 34, 3 assists, 9 rebounds. Um, Golden State was pretty much unstoppable after the first quarter ended. Uh, at the end of the first, it was 30-24, to 24, um, and then they outscored them 43-26 to 26 in the second. They were outscored in each of the next two periods. However, they were so far out in front that... It would have taken a Herculean effort by the Thunder to get back into the game. Um, the Thunder outscored the Warriors thirty-seven to thirty-two and twenty-seven to twenty-five, so not great margins. No, in the third and fourth quarters, you you want to have tighter defense that yeah. late in the game if you're down by that much. Well, when you're already down by that much, I think it's proven you're not going to have tighter defense. Make some adu- adjustments. <laughs> Play an um, illegal zone or two. So uh, Durant's first uh, trip back went exactly how you'd expect. The fans booed him literally every time he touched the ball. I did wind up watching this, um, not from start to finish. I did uh, leave to go get dinner in like the second quarter when they went on their huge run, but I was still listening to it on the radio. Um, fans were wearing cupcake t-shirts. Uh, a few of them had uh, signs made up that said coward, spelling it with a K and capitalizing the K and the D at the end because he's KD, Kevin Durant. That's clever. Um, 
the fans did ex- exactly what you'd expect them to. The same thing we saw when LeBron returned to Cleveland for the first time. Um, it's a bit ridiculous because these guys were drafted. They did not have a choice to come here. Uh, they made a business decision. And you fans are all a bunch of whiners. Well, as a fan, you can't re- you can't really make a business decision to uh, not uh, like your team. And you would always like your More team. More foreshadowing. Thank you, Tom. You, you would always want your team to... Uh, do what's best for you, the fan, in the short term. Right. No, and I, but I get it. But as here's opposed the thing. to you know what's what's good for the business or what's good for the team long term. I mean, I think <laughs> I think in the long term, getting rid of uh, Kevin Durant. I mean, not necessarily getting rid of him, but you know, not having him on the team is going to free up space for you know with with a guy like him, his salary, you can get two or three decent players. But is Oklahoma too small of a market? You know, I don't. Uh, Here's the thing. I don't know. They they drafted both of those guys, and that's what turned them into the good team that they are. But now that he's gone, is that going to be sustainable? You look at a team like San Antonio, same type of market. They got David Robinson. After that, they got Tim Duncan, and after that, they got Kawhi Leonard. All guys that they drafted or traded for. Now, yes, it's a bit different because they've had Popovich to have these players buy in, but it's the same type of market. Do you think? Oklahoma can turn into a San Antonio type of market where players like LaMarcus Aldridge want to go there. I I think that I think that any team can can turn into that type of a market. Um it just takes the right guy uh as a coach, the right guy making the uh roster decisions. Um if you've got the right people upstairs who can get players to buy in, then you'll be fine. If you don't have that type of coach and that that type of ownership and that type of uh GM, you're going to have some trouble. Now, do you think Oklahoma City has that? Because I don't. I am not sure. I, I think some players, it's easier to get them to buy in. I mean, they've lost Harden. They lost Durant. Their GM hasn't been able to reel these guys back in during free agency. So Then they'll just have to keep drafting well. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, like I said, the game was a bit of a letdown. Um, I was hoping for something a little bit more uh, dramatic towards the end. Um you know, uh, what was a 16-point differential. I was pretty bored with it uh, by the end of it. So um, there wasn't a lot else going on uh, as far as marquee games over the weekend. Um, just quick quick recaps from Friday on. Uh, the Spurs beat the Pistons 103-92 to up in Detroit. Uh, the Warriors did beat the Grizzlies, who are competitive, 122-107. Uh, to and the 76ers snapped the Miami Heat's 13-game win streak on Saturday night with a 117-109 to win. Um, and Boston went into Utah and came away with a 112-104 to victory. So um, today we have the Spurs visiting the Pacers at 7, uh, OKC visiting the Wizards at 8, and the Celtics visiting the Mavericks, who we're going to see on Wednesday. Yes, we are. At 8.30. So those should uh, all be wins for the away teams then. Yeah, kind of looking like it. Um, tomorrow we got Toronto at Chicago. Um, on Wednesday we have the aforementioned uh, Dallas at Detroit. Uh, we also have the Pacers visiting the Cavs. The 76ers visiting the Celtics. And Miami trying to bounce back going into Houston. Hmm. So a couple good ones coming up next couple of days. Um yeah, we'll be at one. I'll be checking ooh, out ooh, a couple ooh. others. What we didn't mention was uh, my New York Knicks beat your Spurs. They did. Uh, first time in a couple years, I think. I think. The Spurs swept last year and the year before. Um, yeah, beat them 94-90 to yesterday. 
I know uh, they they had a, all the turmoil. They had a few alumni in in the in the vicinity. Yeah, was Charles Oakley one of them? No, they banned him. Yeah, I don't really want to get too far into that situation. I just hope that uh, it gets worked out one way or another. I have a feeling that's going to be after Dolan sells the team or after Phil Jackson resigns or gets fired. Yeah. Um, but no, they uh, they put up a stout defensive effort, which they, they did. haven't done all season. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was pretty impressive. I watched a little bit of the game in between running errands yesterday. My son had a solar system project we had to put together and paint, and yeah, fifth grade is the best. Is it? Yeah. I wish I could go back to fifth grade and not have to work. Like, as tall as you are now? Cause oh, man, I would rule. I would be in charge of that class. I saw I could a, be the biggest bully ever. I saw, I saw a meme uh, not too long ago. Do you think you could survive... Like wave after wave of second graders, followed by like a sixth grade boss. <laughs> How far do you think you could make it? Just like fifteen second graders running at you and just trying to beat the crap out of you, and then another fifteen, and then another fifteen, and then just one sixth grader. But then another, you know, because the hordes increase, so then another twenty second graders, and then another twenty, and another twenty, and then a sixth grader. Do you think you could survive? How long do you think you could survive that? No, me not very long because they would be right at knee level, which right. is my weakest point. So <laughs> they would take me out pretty quick. That, that first wave, maybe the second if I got lucky. <laughs> am I am I armed? Do I have like a broomstick? I think or it's something? just I think it's just you against them, hand to hand combat. Plus, I'm sure some of them would be cute, and I'd be, like, hesitant to punch them in the nose. What if they all look like that Damien kid from those movies, from The Omen? Oh, then then they're, they're hoes, because yeah. I'm going to just destroy them all until they get to my knees, and then I'll be like, ow, stop. <laughs> <laughs> ow, quit it. Tom, how far do you think you make it? I, I don't know. I, I, I don't think I'd make it very far, because I am incredibly lazy, <laughs> and I just don't care about kicking the crap out of second graders oh well that's that's actually probably good to hear that you don't have an interest in beating up little kids it just doesn't sound like fun uh, not really so. uh so the reds finally pulled off the trade everyone thought they'd be making this year uh sending brandon phillips to the atlanta braves for a pair of pitchers um the braves have an immediate need at second base after sean rodriguez who they were going to plug in at second uh, after years of being a utility infielder and outfielder in Pittsburgh. Um, I really liked him. Injured himself in a car accident this past uh, offseason. I never did like him. His temper <laughs> drove me nuts. I, 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 I refer to it as his fire. Yeah. So I remember watching a Cubs-Pirates game. Not, see, that's why he was always the utility guy and never a starter. And he, he struck out like three times in the game after the third one, which was it was on a questionable call. He goes in the dugout, beats the crap out of the uh, Gatorade bucket, comes out, starts screaming at the Cubs players on the field, gets ejected and sent to the locker room. The very next game, he starts it up again on in the batter's box. And I know that the Cubs game is the only one that I that I actually watched live, but I have seen him do it to other teams as well. He do, he's that same way with the Cardinals, and I've seen him do it, uh, I believe, with the Mets. See, and you never see a guy who's, like, really, really good at baseball do that. No, no. It's always these middle-of-the-road guys. This is a guy who he's been able to stick in the majors 
but not as a starter. Although a big poppy's taking his bat to a couple Gatorade coolers. Somebody slipped yeah. him a note saying, hey, uh, the opposing team spiked the Gatorade. That's why you're not doing well. And so that's, he believed it. So he, that's why he's like, i got to get rid of this Gatorade before it affects the rest of my team. Like, I've got to stop them from drinking this. So he attacked the, the Gatorade. And then he was yelling at it. He was actually interrogating the other team's players. That's, that's, his, that's well, how he does they it. did it. To find out. He, that's what he was yelling at. He was like, hey, hey, which one of you put the stuff in the Gatorade? Um, we Tell did- me. That's what he was saying. We did it call be him. Lips, I know. We <laughs> or not? I don't know. He did. He did go by the uh, the nickname Serpico. Did he really? Yeah. Because no he kind of he kind of looks like him. I did not know that. Yeah. Crazy. Well, it's all lining up. It's his, all lining up. His Atlanta's problem now. Uh, and Brandon Phillips is possibly Atlanta's savior. I think it's a good move for the Braves. I think Absolutely. Phillips, even though he is getting up there, uh, I still think he has enough left in the tank to be a very productive second baseman for them and to bridge the gap to the new generation for yeah. them. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that that's what Sean uh, was going to be. Yeah, He wasn't there long term. Right. You know, He wasn't going to be their solution. I would have liked to see Phillips go to a contender. Who knows? Maybe he brings them... Up to the level of maybe getting to the wild card. I doubt it. I highly doubt it. I've seen the rest of that team. <laughs> um, I, I would have liked to see him go to a contender, uh, you know, possibly back to Cleveland or uh, Chicago doesn't really need him because we have Ben Zobris, but, you know, maybe out to L.A. or something like that. Just a shame he's going to wind up ending his career on a loser, um, assuming he stays in Atlanta till the end. You know, who knows what happens in the next few months to few years, but. Although, I have yet to see the Braves play, and they're on my list this year, so I get to see Brandon Phillips play again. Well, there you go. That's always a plus. Yep. Um, Staying in the world of baseball, uh, we are coming up uh, quickly in baseball season. As we said at the top of the show, pitchers and catchers are reporting uh, this week. We're going to get into some divisions coming up, and we're going to go one division a week up until uh, the start of the season, and the show right before the season starts is when we'll do our World Series MVP and Cy Young picks for the year. So, you know... Come November, everyone can laugh at how uh, terrible we were at this. Um, we're going to kick things off in the AL West. Uh, I'm just going to give a quick rundown of each team. Uh, Tom's going to give some of his thoughts on what they did during the offseason, and then we are going to go ahead and pick division winners. Uh, so we are going to start things off with last season's number five team, uh, the Oakland A's. Uh, manager Bob Melvin is returning. Uh, they were 69-93 last year. They added Matt Joyce, Santiago Casilla, Trevor Plouffe, and Rajay Davis. That's the one that really gets me excited for them. Um, yeah, and I well, I think they they were going to be better anyway. That was a that was kind of a a a bad season that was just kind of off the chart. Yeah, um, they Every, are everything went wrong. They are returning uh, Chris Davis and Stephen Vogt and pitcher Sonny Gray, uh, you know, among some others. So you got your big names there. You got a couple big names that you brought in. Um, I think they're going to be above 69 wins this year. I would hope so. You know, I don't think I don't think they got any worse. I I think they're above 500 this year. Yeah. At at the least. Uh, last year's number four team, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Are they still called that? They are. Oh. Yeah. Uh, 70, too many names. Yeah. It's just too many names. 74 and 88 last season. Uh, Mike Sosha returns. Uh, he of the 1,453 and 1,228 career record. He's been at it a long time. Yeah. Um, the key additions for them, Jesse Chavez, uh, acquired Cameron Maven from Detroit, Ben Revere, Danny Espinosa from Washington, and Luis Valbuena. 
Um, and obviously, you know, they've got Mike Trout, Cole Calhoun, and Albert Pujols coming back. Um, I expect them to also be better this year. I think the entire division is going to improve. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think any of them made any moves to get worse. Um, and I know uh, David said that he expects them to be better this year, too. Yeah, David did send us some notes on this because this is something that we were going to do together. What with us all being, you know, baseball guys and whatnot, it's a little easier for us all to get excited about this kind of thing. Um, but uh, he's unable to be here uh, for a couple of reasons. Um, uh, you want to go ahead and read what he had on them? Yeah, uh, he says uh, L.A. won't stink as badly this year, but he doesn't expect much. And I honestly, I don't expect much either. I, I think there's going to be improvement. Maybe vie for the wild card, but but more likely than not, they're not going to uh, smell the playoffs. Yeah, uh, last year's third place team, the Houston Astros, uh, eighty four and seventy eight. AJ Hinch comes back, career record two fifty nine and two seventy seven. Um, they made quite a few moves, uh, bringing in Carlos Beltran, Josh Reddick, Brian McCann, they acquired from the Yankees, and Charlie Morton. Uh, you know, those guys will pair with Jose Altuve, Carlos Correa, Dallas Keuchel, Lance McCullers, George Springer all coming back for, for the Astros. And, you know, you'll remember last year they started off 7-17 and Yeah. after making the playoffs the year before, um, but they bounced back. They came storming back, and they did end on a sour note in September, I think, going 12-15. Uh, and 15. Uh, So they did have a little letdown as they were challenging for that wild card, but... I think they are more the team from the middle of the season than they are the beginning and end. Yeah, it's just so hard to know with them because, you know, they they go and they make the playoffs two years back, and that was a surprise to everyone. Well, yes, and I mean, well, I guess that they made it that particular year. They looked like they were on the same trajectory as the Cubs for a while, and the Cubs surprised a lot of people in 2015 as well, getting to the NLCS. I think both of those teams were on the same path because they were built the same way. Yeah, um, I, I... I don't, it's it's tough to tell, you know, when 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 you're so early in into a rebuild like that, it's tough to know whether or not any success you have is going to be continued. Right. And right. if they have an up and down season after having an up season, that makes me kind of pause and 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 think to myself, well, maybe it's not as much up as it is down. Maybe that was just a fluke year. Maybe they're going to be a middle-of-the-road team. Yeah. So you think they're going to stick around the 84 wins mark this year? They might get a little better, but yeah. not a whole lot. Oh. Last year's number two team, the Seattle Mariners, 86-76. and 76. Uh, Scott Service returns as manager for the second year. Uh, last year was his rookie season. Uh, key additions, my God, that they make some additions all through trades. Uh, Gene Segura from Arizona, Danny Valencia from Oakland, Carlos Re- uh, Carlos Ruiz from the Dodgers, Chris Heston from the Giants, Drew Smiley from Tampa, Jared Dyson from Kansas City, Giovanni Gallardo from Baltimore. Uh, you know, those guys are coming back with Robinson Cano, Nelson Cruz, King Felix, Leonis Martin, Kyle Seeger. The M's are going to be stacked. Yeah, and they, they're going to make some noise, I think. Yeah. They, they, uh, they're really starting to come around. Uh, David says that the uh, the Mariners seem to still be coming to terms with life after Nintendo, <laughs> and once they return from that grieving process, we'll see what they do. I think they've returned from it. I, I think, think these I moves think have this put them season, in position. This season might be the that they show that they are past being owned by Nintendo, and yeah. I think things will go well for them. Uh, last year's division winners, the Texas Rangers, ninety-five and sixty-seven. Jeff Bannister returns, uh, one eighty-three and one forty-one in his career. Um, just three additions for them that really uh, popped out to me: Andrew Kashner, Carlos Gomez, and Tyson Ross. 
Uh, but obviously they're returning Elvis Andrews, Adrian Beltre, Hugh Darvish, Cole Hamels, Jonathan Lucroy, Rugnit Odor. They've still got the core, and they just added a couple of pieces uh, to complement that. They're going to be just as strong this year. Absolutely. Um, uh, I do expect them to, re- to reach 90 again. Um, I Okay, so David's pick for the for the division winner was, was Texas. Yes. Um, I, I can buy it. I, I, I get where he's coming from. Uh, I completely buy it. Uh, Tom, who did you have winning the AL West this year? Well, I want to say that the A's are just going to go ahead and have a historical season. They're going to bounce back. They're going to win 100 games. I want to say that. I don't think you should. But I don't think it's going to happen. They'll be better, but not by that much. I, I'm i going to go with Seattle by a game and a half. Seattle by a game and a half over? Over Texas. All right. This is interesting because we're going to have three different answers uh, because I actually selected the Astros. Like I said, I think they're more the team from 2015 and the middle of last season. Uh, I expect the Astros. I do. I anticipate three teams over 90 wins in this division. It's very likely. I think um, I think Seattle probably 96, 97 wins. Um, I think Texas probably about 96, 97, and the Astros just a game or two better. So I really do expect that out of this division. I think it's going to be the it's tightest a, and the best in baseball. That'd be like a 15-14 game improvement for the Astros. Yep. You think they can do that? I do. I'm going bold. Well, if we're going bold, then it's going to be the A's. <laughs> no, I'm just going. I'm just going bold. Oh, you can okay. go. You can go. No, I do. I believe that all three are going to be over ninety. I think. Eh, maybe I'll just a little bit. Maybe we'll bring it back down to like the mid nineties. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. Because. I, I mean. Because even still, ninety-six wins is a ten-game improvement for Seattle. Right. That's. But like, you know, look at all the moves that these teams made. They made you know the Astros adding Carlos Beltran to be the DH, Josh Reddick in the outfield, McCann behind the plate. I'd I'd have to go and, and look at what each you of know, these players wore adding, is uh, uh, compared to the players they're replacing. Right. You know, see if they can actually do that. Adding Charlie Morton into the rotation uh, behind McCullers and Keuchel. And I think Keuchel's going to bounce back, too. He did have a subpar season. I think he's going to bounce back as well. So I like the Astros. David likes the Rangers, and Tom likes the M's. Well, David so. doesn't like the well, Rangers. Yes. He picks the Yes. Not gonna, yeah, David doesn't like them. Uh, we actually know the opposite to be true. Um, yeah, I think it'll be, a, it'll be an interesting division. A lot of intrigue. So looking forward to that. Yeah, I man, I am I am so excited for baseball season. I really am. Um, and we uh, I don't know if we talked about it on the show before, but uh, in the past, uh, my best friend lives in Pittsburgh. We've done a guys trip to Pittsburgh uh, every year for the last three, four. Uh, yeah. Where we wind yeah. up we wind up going to a Pirates game, and the roster kind of varies on who goes. David's been once. Tom's been three times. My buddy Brandon's been once. My buddy Jeremy's been twice. The, the roster varies. Um, I think we're going to have our biggest roster yet uh, for this game. We're dragging Eric with us. Um, so you got... I mean, oh, no, I'm being dragged somewhere. Wait. It's, to, ba- I... it's to baseball. Oh, well, then you woo <laughs> Yeah. So we got the three of us here in this room. We got David's coming with us this year. My buddy Brandon is uh, likely to show. Victor, obviously, hosting and... Uh, we're going to try to grab Jeremy, too, and make it the ultimate baseball weekend in Pittsburgh. we still got to figure out who we want to see them play. Yeah. Uh, it's it's somebody, not even, it's not even about who we want to see them play. It's about when is everybody available. <laughs> it's going to wind up being the one date. The one date everyone's available, everyone's going to see both. Everyone's going to have seen the team that they've played. <laughs> yeah. 
But uh, oh, looking forward to that. And like with, with with pitchers and catchers reporting today, like I just want to crack open the schedule and just be like, I'm going to this game and this game and this so, game. <laughs> so I just I looked, I just glanced at our at our show rundown, and I thought, who's Al West? Wow. You know we record this show before anyone is awake. Wow. Man, that's... I don't even know where to go from here. <laughs> Leave me alone. I hit my head on a wall yesterday. I don't I don't know what to do. Do we Do we just stop the show? Does Tom need to go now? Like, that's it. We're, we're done here. We're done here. <laughs> anyway, I, I'm not so much looking forward to baseball as I am baseball weather. Well, yes, which we got a little taste of recently. Yeah. And it just makes you want it even more. By the way, uh, Eric's found out who Al West is. <laughs> yes, uh, Albert Petrus Enriquez Gerardus Westlaken, better known by his stage name, Albert West, uh, was a Dutch pop singer and record producer. Well, there you go. He was the lead singer of The Shuffles from 1963 to 1973. So there you go. We talked so... about Al West on the show, Tom. <laughs> Thank you. And we just got I our. I do some serious searching for that because when I just searched for Al West, I figured obviously Al West would come up right. first. But the first two pages were fully just Al West. Nobody named Al West. Nice. I had to actually had to search for Albert West <laughs> to find it. What about Elvin West? Is there an Ooh, Elvin West? He question. might be more well known. Elvin. Yeah. Let's find out. Um, no, I guess not because the first thing that comes up is just a public Facebook profile. So all right, let's find out about Elvin West. <laughs> yeah, so, Elvin West. I'm gonna send uh, send Al West. A, hey, uh, link to our show. We talked about you. <laughs> And we're, we're networking now. Uh, that's, that's hilarious. Yeah, we talked about you on the show. They're like, what? Who are you? It's a random Google search. You were the first person. Yeah. We've got a pest control technician at Terminix. Uh, right. We've got someone who listens to Walk of the Earth. We've got somebody who doesn't even have a profile picture. And that does it for Al West's on Facebook, evidently. Huh. So, uh, wow. hey, Al West, pest control technician, technician at uh, Terminix, if you're listening. Uh, we're talking thanks. about you. <laughs> <laughs> You're now a friend of the show. <laughs> and we just and even better, we just got the name of the show, Al West Bros. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. Albert or <laughs> Albert Albert West Bros. I like it. We're doing it. All right. So, um what were we Moving on. <laughs> what were we talking about? We're gonna talk about two now, Tom. Two. No, because you, you wrote Terrell I did Owens. write Terrell Owens, but I thought I'd We're gonna talk about two. What do you think about two, Tom? It's a good number. Hall of Fame player. It's not player. the loneliest number, but... It's the loneliest number since the since number the one. Since the number one yes, it is, yes. That's true. Uh, we're going to talk about Terrell Owens and his uh, Hall of Fame candidacy, which we touched on a little bit uh, on he the last really show. He really does seem like he's jeopardizing it with every next thing that he says. I agree, but that's not... I guess I should have been a little more descriptive in the show rundown. That's not the discussion I want to have. No? No. Terrell Owens, does his... Does the issue that people have with him keep Randy Moss out too? Uh, ooh. you know, if if it does, then at least they're being consistent with their issues. I don't think it will though. Well, so let's uh let's look up look back at a little bit of the history with these guys. Um, Terrell Owens, you know, we all know started off out in San Francisco and there's um there's this narrative that teams were trying to get rid of him. And I don't buy it. Terrell Owens left as a free agent. Well, also, he was one of the greatest receivers during his time. Well, he's you the don't, s- second greatest receiver of all time, statistically. You don't try and get rid of that guy. Yeah. Um, but, you know, with T.O., yeah, he had he had the issues in Philly, 
But even then, he was still productive. He had 763 yards and six touchdowns in seven games in 2005 when they wanted to get rid of him. Yeah. He then went to Dallas and put up even more ridiculous numbers that he was putting up in his first couple years with Philly and last few with San Francisco. And then went to Buffalo and Cincinnati and was still a productive receiver, tacking on more yards to his totals. Yeah, he might have called out teammates and everything like that and might have questioned some leadership, but... All in all, wasn't that bad when you look at the things that Randy Moss did. Yeah. See, I honestly, I don't think calling out leadership and teammates is necessarily a bad thing. In all cases, it's a bad thing. You know, I don't think that. I think that there are times when you do need to call out the people responsible for for losing games and and for not building winners. Well, so I I, I do agree with that. Um but he was, you know, he was on winning teams the whole time. Yeah. He, you know, he didn't have any really terrible teams that he was on until, you know, the end with that last season in Dallas and then bouncing from, you know, Buffalo to Philly or to uh, Cincy. Sorry. But with Randy Moss, the man said the words, I play when I want to play in 2001, third year in the league. And it's true. He'd jog back to the line of scrimmage if the ball didn't get thrown to him. He'd line up incorrectly on, you know, plays that he decided he was taking off because he wasn't the primary target. And these are all things that he's admitted and, you know, yeah. have been brought up by coaches. And uh, in 2004, he left the field early in the uh, game against Washington. The Vikings sold him to the to the Raiders for a late round pick. They didn't they they took the first offer they got. The Raiders were bad. Moss did more complaining, more lollygagging didn't put up the numbers that they brought him in to put up and so they had to sell him for even less than what they got him for he went to new england he's with a winner and he puts up one of the greatest receiving years in nfl history i i I think the key there is is winner he was not Uh, right you know he wanted so badly to win that he didn't know how to handle losing well but that that wasn't the only uh, so the end of his time in new england came about because they were they were a winning football team he was in the last year of his contract and was unhappy because he didn't have any kind of future security. So they traded him to the Vikings. His second stint in Minnesota, he said to the owner in the locker room in front of other players, you need to fire the blanking coach. Openly criticized Brad Childress in the locker room in front of other players to the point where Brett Favre, the man who asked you know ownership to make a trade for a receiver and when Randy Moss became available kind of hinted towards wanting Moss on the team, told management it was time for Moss to go. Favre wanted to play with them, wanted him there. Favre was the one that pushed for him to be released, and he was. And he spent that, what, three games in Tennessee or whatever it was? or yeah, Actually, I something. think it was more than that. But spent time in Tennessee at the end of 2010 and then sat out of football in 2011 because nobody wanted to go near him. He was so toxic, nobody wanted to go near him. The only reason he got back in the league in 2012 was because the 49ers literally had no receiving options. Right. You know, and he came back for one, I don't know, I don't want to call it mediocre, but, you know, one subpar by his standards year. An average season. You know? But, you know, so you look at the numbers for these guys. Terrell Owens, 15,934 yards. Randy Moss, 15,292 yards. Number four on the list, by the way, Isaac Bruce, 15,208, still waiting to get in as well. All three of them are Hall of Famers. Yeah. I don't give two craps what they did off the field or in the locker room. Yes, Randy Moss was toxic. Yeah, to some extent, so was Terrell Owens. However, they are the second and third greatest receiver in NFL history. Put them both in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Um, put put them in the Hall of Fame. Uh, I don't necessarily think that not being a first ballot guy is a bad thing. I, think, I know people are always... <clears throat> 
going on about you know he's a first ballot hall of famer is he is he not is he um that drives me crazy because if you're a hall of famer you're a hall of famer yeah why does it matter and, and we've been over this before it's it's every every time we talk about the hall of fame it's you're either a hall of famer or you're not a hall of famer and yeah. it's it's the voting in process that that is really screwing this all up yeah well and that's and that's what we've done here with the ballpark basement of fame yeah you know like if you're a hall of famer you're a hall of famer it doesn't matter when you got in it's if you're good enough, if the stats are there, you know, there should be, I know this is going to come off as a little bit ridiculous, but there should be automatic qualifiers. If you retire in the top 10 statistically in any category for your position, you're a Hall of Famer. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, I think it's a fair way to do it. In the NHL, if you're top 10 in goals, when you, reti- when you retire, if you get passed right. by the time you're eligible, whatever. But when you retire, if you're top 10, you're in the Hall of Fame. I don't... It shouldn't be this difficult, and I know it's a, it's a difficult thing to do. Then, like, how do you in in hockey? How do you gauge defensemen? Or in baseball, like certain positions aren't going to produce as much, and they might be better defensively. But so then, those are the cases that you open for guys, yeah, whether or not they are good enough to get in. But yeah, the first ballot Hall of Famer stuff is just ridiculous. Yeah, and and, and in baseball, the the unanimous. Ones that 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 gets me too. Oh yeah, where they refuse to elect someone unanimously. Yeah, yeah. Which you know, Griffey, Randy Johnson, Tom Glavin, Greg Maddox. You know, guys all should have been unanimous. Yeah, I mean, and the only reason that somebody voted no was because way back when somebody voted no on on you know Honus uh, Wagner yep. or whatever, and that's stupid. Oh yeah, it's I don't know. I there's got to be a way to fix it. And I know smarter men than me have tried, so maybe it's my turn. Maybe some dumber men than us should try. Maybe. Like, well, give it a go, I suppose. <laughs> so, I guess the point of my, this conversation is, when Randy Moss becomes eligible next year, is he going to be held out for the same reasons as Terrell Owens? Or is there some other bias against Owens that we don't know about? I think it's that just that Owens was a much more public figure, which is really saying something. Right. He was just always... He was always talking. Crunches in the driveway. Yep. He was he was he was a public figure more than anything, you know, you know, more than anything other than professional athlete. He was a public figure. Yeah. So you don't think Moss is going to face the same kind of criticisms? I don't think he is. I think he should. I think that he's a tremendous uh jerk. Yeah. Uh and if you didn't let a moderate to above average jerk in, don't you know, yeah. No. Keep your keep your your quote unquote rules uh, consistent. All right. Well, I look at it this way: they never removed O.J. Simpson. Yeah. So because a guy was mean to the media, you're going to keep him out. <laughs> yeah. Are we sure our priorities are straight here? I'm just well, if you ask some of our political leaders, the, the media is the demon. So well, here's the thing: I actually do believe that. <laughs> And that's got nothing to do with political leanings. I just look at Fox News and CSNBC, and yeah, they're the devil. But so there goes that sponsorship. Yeah, uh, <laughs> great. Cross that off my list. So, <laughs> Wait, put it on your list first, and then cross it. Yeah. Off. Oh, that's, right, right. Sorry. Come on, come on, do it all the way. <laughs> Don't half-ass this. <laughs> media. There it goes. <laughs> Good work, Tom. So we got, uh, I think we have three more segments to go. Uh, we got two football segments and the mystery segment, Ooh. which you didn't even put on the rundown. I, don't, I know. I don't even know what it's it a is. conversation you and I have had before. Oh, um, so I we're like, ki- oh, never mind then. Well, I guess we're kind of staying in football because we're going to talk about the XFL. 
Eric, do you remember the XFL? Vaguely. I remember it was touted as supposed to be this exciting thing that was somewhat like football, somewhat like wrestling. Yeah. It was or I yeah. think they were trying to make they were trying to cash in on the popularity of the of the MMA stuff that was just starting to to really skyrocket See, and, it feels. And it it was a combination of of football and wrestling because uh it was built by wrestling and football magnates yes um so the xfl was the subject of an espn 30 for 30 not that long ago and apparently it sparked a little bit of a discussion about can the xfl make a comeback and now it sounds like it could um vince mcmahon uh who was ahead of it before looks like he wants to get back into it as does dick ebersol uh looks like they're gonna put up their own money for this if they so do they're it, not going to try and dupe people yeah. into paying for this again? If they do it, it looks like they're going to put their own money into it. And part of their conversation apparently had to do with the fact that they would still put the product out there if they're only selling 25% of their tickets. That that's how you grow is by sticking at it instead of giving up like some of these other leagues have done when they've had poor attendance. So okay, if, so if they're when... footing the bill, if they're footing the bill and they're getting 25% of a stadium full... If they can, if maybe they can you put on a show, maybe you that start with smaller stadiums and do what yeah. do what you do. If you're selling twenty five percent of the tickets to Jerry World, maybe go to uh, a college stadium nearby or a high school stadium right? nearby, so, Pee Wee Stadium nearby. Now they want to bill it as football for people who miss old school football. They want the violent hits. They want the disregard for concussions and guys playing with broken limbs and oh, things like that. Oh, that'll go over well. Well, here's the thing: there is a large segment of the population that wants that. It's unfortunate. How many of the of the players that they'll be able to get? Have they thought them? about just bringing a rugby league into they're, America? They're gonna they're gonna be able to get their players, and this is how. They're going to play on the guys who wanted that one last chance after college. Those guys that made a couple uh, practice squads but never could cut it. Those guys that had to go to the CFL but don't want to be up there doing that. Are they going to pay those players uh, and cover all of the medical costs? Well, that remains to be seen, but... As with all businesses in America, they will pay the people the bare minimum they can to get them to do the job. Right. Um but, you know, they're going to find players. They're going to be guys that still have that NFL dream because they're going to look at Tommy Maddox, who went from XFL MVP to starting quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. We don't talk about Tommy Maddox. <laughs> we do talk about Tommy Maddox because without Tommy Maddox, there's no Ben Roethlisberger. Well, in, in that case, without Bubby Brister, there's no Ben Roethlisberger. If we had gotten a good quarterback then... If you guys would have drafted Dan Marino... I there, think, I think you guys we are going all just... the way back to the draft of Dan Marino on this yep. one, eh? <laughs> well, yeah, because because between between Roethlisberger and Terry Bradshaw, the Steelers had a revolving door of who's that at quarterback. <laughs> so, yes, you actually can go all the way back to the 83 draft to make this argument. If you guys would have drafted Dan Marino. Yeah, well, hindsight is uh, you know pretty good. <laughs> Um, so if the XFL comes back, Dan Marino will be in it. You guys going to watch? <laughs> I doubt it. I will not. Uh, but that's because I don't really watch. Uh, I don't watch the NFL much to begin with. And I don't watch wrestling at all. Right. However, I do know they, they will ha definitely have an audience. Yeah. Because I do know a ton of people who do watch wrestling and enjoy it and like that spectacle of uh, supposed pain, basically, that you have going on there. So if they're able to, that's what I think they should do, is focus more on the, the entertainment aspect than the sport aspect. Well, do you know and how I they think used... they'll succeed. Do 
You know how they used to decide who gets the ball to start the game? They put the ball in midfield, and players had to race to it, and whichever team came out with it received the kickoff. Isn't that somewhat similar to how rugby does it? They have, like, the scrum or something? Kind of, yeah, but this except, was... Except they that, start out touching yeah. and they're crashing into each other. you're yeah, not but, running full speed yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. towards it. But it, but it, the idea is probably is probably right. lifted from that, though. Yeah, oh, so yeah, yeah. Th- that and, you know, getting people to crash into each other as fast as possible. Yeah, right. And did not, in the first ever XFL game, did not somebody have a season-ending injury? I believe on so. On the opening... Whatever. Yeah, they I, be- it. I believe so. So if Toledo gets a team, if Toledo were to get a, were to get an XFL team, would you go to a game for? All right, we're we're gonna start and we'll for work research we'll, purposes. No, <laughs> we're gonna start and we'll work our way down to the price threshold that would get uh, you to go to a game. Would you go to a game for fifty dollars? No, no, forty. I I can't. No, probably not. Thirty five. Honestly, I I I think I'm just gonna go. I'm gonna. Hit. Does it cost to park? It's downtown on a weekend, so no. It, I mean, it wouldn't be downtown. It'd probably be at the Glass Bowl. You don't think they'd? Uh... They would not build a building. No, no, not when we've got a perfectly functional football field that won't get filled anyway with with an XFL. Oh, well, that's team. true. Well, but you were talking about smaller stadiums, so I thought it is. It's it only seats thirty. Well, no, no, no. no. But I, you, like yeah. you were talking about using smaller oh, stadiums. Oh, so yeah, no. I don't think they'd build a, a purpose built no. one. Not without you know commitment from an actual from an actual established. Sports league. Yeah. You know, we almost got arena football years back. Yeah. And I'd pay $35 the, to go to an arena game. I would, too. Um, uh, so 35 is a no. 25? I, I would. I think I would I would consider 25. Yeah. If they priced them like they price our, our minor league football or our minor league baseball and hockey teams, then I definitely would. $15. I would pay that. Yeah. Yeah, if it were, I would say 25 would be my threshold, but that would be all-inclusive. That would be parking and assuming that it's close enough that I didn't have to buy extra gas to get there. Um, I'm obviously not counting, you know, drinks and food or whatnot. Right, that's right. always extra. I'm not yeah, counting that's, that. Yeah, that's, yeah. Um, but as far as, you know, the total cost of just going to the game, 25 to 30 would probably be my maximum. Right. So if it's 10 bucks to park, then ticket better not be more than 20 Gotcha. I think that, yeah, that's probably about where I am, too. I think if, if we had one and it was it was about the 20 to 30 range, I think I'd probably uh, go give it a look-see. But, well, see, uh, the, the thing for me is um, I, I know that I, I don't have a, a family of my own, but uh, I do like that uh, teams are now trying to promote this family atmosphere at games. Yeah, uh, and I really doubt that you get that with the XFL. Yeah, yeah. I, no, there, no, it, there's it'd be no Spike way. TV presents the XFL, and that's exactly, how it would be. exactly. Yeah. It would Actually, not be a family thing. Speaking of that, so I don't know if you guys have have heard of it. I know you've seen me uh, post pictures of my kids here in Toledo. We have this uh, thing called Laurel's Princess Parties. Uh, it's a group of women and a couple guys too that dress up as superheroes. But the women dress up as princesses from different uh, films, and it's a nice little experience for kids to get to go to meet their favorite movie characters and everything. And uh, actually, the Laurel's Princess Party sent two princesses to the Walleye game on Saturday night. Yeah, I believe it was uh, what was it? Uh, I think it was a Belle and an Aurora. I think those tend to be Sleeping the two Beauty. most popular. Yeah. Um, Ariel is always a popular one, but it's much harder to do, you know, with the whole fishtail thing. Right, right. So, um, you have to yeah. do walking Ariel, who can't talk to anybody. Yeah, which is my favorite Ariel. In. <laughs> um, gonna ask that that remark be stricken from the show <laughs> um so but yeah they they started incorporating stuff like that into walleye games it's really yeah. nice um they had a couple nights back they had a star wars night and i actually think they might have used the same people 
because uh, they also do some Star Wars characters. They dress up as Kylo Ren, and the one girl dresses up as Rey. I know there's a uh, local 501st here there is, somewhere yes, nearby. They I show need to get in too. contact with them, actually, to talk to them about comic care. But, um, yeah, we saw some of them out at the zoo for Halloween, too. Yep. they're Actually, they are at the zoo when Tom and I met Weird Al. Yeah. Uh, he, he always gets the local 501st to come in and be with them when he does the Saga Begins and Yoda at the end of the show. Nice. And then they, they stood back behind him when uh, we got to meet Weird Al. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, so that's enough about the XFL. That's more than enough about the <laughs> yeah, XFL. We've covered the XFL. Now moving on to the all lingerie of football media. league. Yeah. Well, when are they bringing that back? I yeah. believe they just call it Legends Football League now. They do. It's yeah. They don't actually, actually call it the lingerie. Uh, former no. no former Packers nose tackle uh, Gilbert Brown was the coach of the Green Bay team for a while. I'm glad you didn't say was the nose tackle. For... <laughs> No, he was the coach of the. This he's really gone downhill. Yeah, he was the coach <laughs> of the Green Bay team for a little while. Um, so, in real football, we're going to talk about the Cleveland Browns because they are now on the clock. I thought you said real football. <laughs> oh, well, they're going to draft. They're going to draft someone who's played real football, and then he'll promptly stop. <laughs> um, I got drafted by the Browns. I never have to play another game of football in yes, my life. Take my twenty-five million, invest, and retire. I play when I want to play. Oh. <laughs> Um, so the Browns do have the number one overall pick. Um, well, we're going to discuss who we think they will and should take. David had a little bit of input on this. Uh, yes, he did. He well, he he assumes they're going to take Deshaun Watson. Watson, um, and he's probably right. I agree with him there. Uh, I also agree with him that it's a bad idea. He says uh, uh, they shouldn't do that because young quarterbacks grow on trees and then get eaten by a giraffe when they enter the NFL. Which is, uh, I mean, it's a you know, tale as it's, old as time. I've seen it happen a million times. It's true. These these kids get eaten alive if they don't have a line in front of them to protect. And most of the teams drafting quarterbacks don't have. Well, look the at the line. Browns. They went through six quarterbacks this year. They definitely don't have an offensive line. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, they they can't draft a quarterback first overall. They can't. Well, here's a, they need to trade down. Well, no, they don't. They need to make a pick at one because they also have the twelfth pick. Oh, yeah, that's right. They have, like, 120 picks in this draft. Yeah, they have the number 12 overall pick, which there are three there are three quarterbacks that have gotten a first-round grade in the different places I've been researching. Uh, Deshaun Watson out of Clemson, Deshaun Kaiser out of Notre Dame, and uh, Mitch Trubisky out of uh, UNC, and I think I'm pronouncing his name right. Uh, yeah, Mitch, Mitch Trubisky, um, or Trubisky, or I don't know, Trubisky. We're going to go Trubisky. Um, so there's a decent chance one of those guys will be left at 12 because if you look at the teams in between Cleveland's picks, the Niners, yes, they need a quarterback. The Bears seem content to go with Barkley. The Jaguars are still committed to Bortles. Titans are good. The Jets might need one. The char- um, I, it, it was my thought that the Jets would probably go for an established quarterback. Um uh, I saw somewhere that they might be targeting Tyrod Taylor. Um, well, a lot of a lot of people are thinking that they're going to want to just stick with um, Christian Hackenberg and uh, Bryce Petty and see how that goes because they do believe that Hackenberg is the quarterback of the future. But if one of those guys is left, who knows what they'll do? Right. You know? So there's two possible with the Niners and Jets. And after that, Chargers have Rivers, Panthers have Newton, Bengals have uh, Andy Dalton. The Bills are another question mark. They could take a quarterback, so that, I guess, could be three. Well, and we have to also keep in mind that there are going to be a few quarterbacks available right. through trade or free agency. Right. And the Saints and the Saints have uh, Drew Brees. Uh, the Bills could turn to um, 
My goodness, I'm blanking. OSU kid. They drafted him last year. JT Barrett? No. Uh, the other guy? Uh, Cardell? Cardell Jones. They could turn to Cardell Jones. So, you know, looking in between the Browns picks, there's a good chance that at least one of these quarterbacks will be there at 12. So I don't think they have to, and I don't think they will draft a quarterback at number one. I think they're going to go with Miles Garrett out of Texas A&M. Uh, maybe. Uh, they, I don't know. They do need to help on defense. They do, but I think they need more help protecting whatever quarterback they draft at number 12. Well, and if that's the case, I mean, they're, if that's the case, then they're going to want to draft, you know, their offensive lineman a little bit later. There's not a lot of great top five prospect offensive linemen out there this year. Uh, see, and it's it's a it's a question of how far do you want to go with your uh, with your draft strategy of drafting as at, at your greatest need. Do you want to reach, you know, back into the middle of the first round? Well, in that case, then you just trade down to the approximate value of that player. Right. Because that's, uh, there are two teams that do this that I know of, um, the Green Bay Packers and the Seattle Seahawks. They draft best player available regardless of position. That's how Green Bay got Aaron Rodgers. Right. You draft the best player available regardless of position. Now, right now, if the Packers are drafting and the best player on their board is Deshaun Kaiser, yes, they might skip over him to number two. Or they might start calling around. Hey, Arizona, what do you want? You know, do you want the number 29 pick? You know, Kaiser sitting here, that kind of thing, and see if they can trade down to a spot where guys that fit their needs are also the best player available when that comes time. Right. So that's how best player available works. And if if Cleveland drafts that way, I think it's Miles Garrett. Um or you trade down to a point where an offensive lineman makes sense. But if that's the case, you're trading down with that 12th pick. You're not trading down with that first pick. You you, you don't think so? Oh, no. There's not an you offensive get, lineman in the top 10. You But you can't get more for that first pick? You can, but here's the thing. to For the trade chart to work out, you from you're not going to drop from one any further than five. You, otherwise, there's no possible value that a team can offer you without dipping into two, three years down the line, first-round picks. Well, I think the Browns are looking five or seven years down the line, so they might be okay with that. Well, uh, I, don't know. I, I think they should and will pick Garrett. I could, But here's the thing. I could completely see them picking Watson and screwing the whole thing. Yeah, no, and I think they will because I think that's what that's just what they do. Um, I do expect them to pursue one of the available quarterbacks, be it Romo or Kaepernick. Or uh, uh, David said that uh, they should just draft quarterback protection and trade for Philip Rivers. I don't think Philip Rivers wants to go anywhere. I know he's probably not happy about moving to L.A. No, he's not, but, but he's not going to move to Cleveland. I think he's going to finish his career with the Chargers. I do, too. Um, I would like, I don't know, I'd like to see. Also, I don't want to see him in my division. Yeah. I'd like to see Cleveland stand where they are at the quarterback position, to be honest. Maybe draft somebody in the second or third round. Yeah. Just build the pieces and then wait. Wait for the quarterback. Well, you've been bad this long. What's another year or two? Here's the thing. They they got RG3 thinking, oh, he's going to fix the problem. He didn't fix the problem right away, so they're going to immediately move on. Right. And, you know, they didn't have a, I don't know, there was still some good qualities for Kessler. You know, yeah. he could be the quarterback to, you know, to get them over the hump and at least get them to a 500 record. Who'd they release? They released Josh McCown, but he's 37. Fair enough. So, um, but yeah, no, I, yeah, I anticipate them blowing it, but I do think they should take Garrett out of A&M. Um, we'll, uh, we'll dive into the draft a little bit more as it gets closer. It's not until the end of April, so we do have plenty of time. Uh, how many weeks away is is that? Several. Yeah. So we'll have to we'll have to ramp it up and do a couple picks a, a week if we keep looking at who teams should or will target. 
Um, it's like 10 or 11 weeks out yeah, still. So so. We'll have to ramp it up a little bit, do a few more. And we'll have a mock draft like you know, maybe a week before the draft, just uh, just who we think teams should, not necessarily will take. Like if we were running the teams, what we would do. So um, so our last little bit here, uh, last segment of the show, we're not going to do a, a Hall of Fame or a ballpark or top 10 or anything. We're going to have a special conversation. Tom was talking about how his pirates are bad and are going to probably continue to be bad for a while. And this is something I've dealt with as a Cubs fan. And now as a Stars fan, it's kind of getting at me too because we're right back to not competing. Um, when is it okay to jump ship on being a fan of a team? Uh, ooh, I There's got to be a, a pattern of, of badness. Um, and you know what? Uh, if your team just won, it's completely okay to jump ship. Really? If, if you feel uh, that you know, say say your uh, say your your uh, your stars win the Stanley Cup, but you've been just so distraught with with uh, the team and and you know and just have not enjoyed watching them play, and you know maybe you didn't really enjoy the Stanley Cup win all that much, and had been thinking about why am I a fan of this team and then they go and win it's okay to say well yeah they won but One all of all hurrah. of my all of my thoughts and feelings about about the team are kind of dulled I, I i don't really enjoy this this victory as much as you know maybe i i should as a fan of a team it's okay to move and pick another team okay I don't know if I fully agree with that, but I, I, I understand and respect the merit of it. But I, I'm thinking more about losers, about lifelong losers. Uh, well, it gets. I think it gets to a certain point uh, after which you've been a fan of a loser for too long to be able to jump ship. So you think there's a point of no return? There so is. like yeah. with the Browns, 108 years. I think that's the, that's well, yeah, definitely oh, beyond oh, the <laughs> definitely beyond the the point of no return. Um, but no, I mean, I, I guess I, I'm talking more like like with the Browns, the Browns or the Bills, the Browns or the Bills. Um, You've had bad teams since 1999. No, you know, one playoff appearance for the Browns. No playoff appearances for the Bills. At what point? Are you allowed to just be like, you know what, I'm done with this. It's time for me to be a fan of a new team. And then what are the parameters for selecting that new team? Uh, stay out of your division. You have to move to a so, different division. So a lot of rules for this so as a, stuff. So as a Bills fan, you couldn't become a Patriots fan. No, and you shouldn't. My rules are much simpler. Um, you uh, don't pick the team that just won the championship. So no bandwagoning. No bandwagoning. Uh, maybe don't even pick the team that just lost the championship either. Um, sort of, kind of, I don't know, pick a team whose jersey you think is cool. <laughs> because that's really one of the base factors for becoming now, a fan of a team in the first place. Now you're place. speaking my language. That, that's right. one of the things I would say is, yeah, would, would I look cool in their jersey? Because if their jersey sucks, I'm not going to buy it. Right. What's yeah. the point of being a fan if you're not going to buy the jersey? Um, and I, I think definitely don't pick another loser. <laughs> <laughs> well, right. Um if you're a fan of a local team, uh, yeah, are you geez, allowed to geez. abandon a local team? If you live in, uh, well, let's say Jacksonville, are you allowed to abandon the Jaguars? They already have. Well, uh, but here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. I don't think they've abandoned them for other teams. I think they've just stopped going to games. Yeah. But like, are you? You know, you live in Jacksonville. Are you allowed to just start buying, uh, let's say, Dolphins gear? I would think that that's fair. I would say yes, you can. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Because I, as far as I'm concerned, the team owes me nothing as far as me being a fan. I, right. I'm a fan, and they owe me for being a fan, not the other way around. Right. The team, I don't owe the team anything. And they owe me to put on a, a put on a production I want to see. Right. And if they stop doing so, then I will turn to somebody who will. Yeah. This is, this is a, a, a type of thing where the fan has invested time and money and, and uh, you know— energy into into being a fan of a team and it it's not a two-way street the the team has not invested time and money into being a fan of the fans right they have no obligation other than to try to put on a winning team so when is enough enough for me it's just it, it would be if i don't enjoy watching the games if i don't enjoy following the sport whether they win or lose yeah. the game like um, if you watch a game and they win and, and yeah, you, don't, you just don't care yeah <laughs> yeah exactly and it's it's not even just about uh, winning and losing it's just about is this a is this a show i want to watch right. because ultimately that's what it is it is a show it right. may not be scripted like a television program or a movie or something like that but it is entertainment it is a show we're going to have a show about conspiracy theories Okay, why do you we, look at me when, we, when, when you we, said that? When we, when we prove that it is all scripted. <laughs> ah. <laughs> well, when you start talking about the XFL more, you possibly. Um, but yeah, like, like, for example, my Diamondbacks. I've been a fan for a while, and they have not been good for the majority of that. Right. But they still put on a show I enjoy watching, and I know that they treat the fans well. Like, when I go to a game, I know I'm going to be treated well. I know the stadium's going to be clean. I know I'm going to have options for food and drink that aren't going to completely empty my wallet and i know i'm going to have options for fancier stuff too if i want it you know it's all there they put out the effort to make me want to be a fan right if they were to stop doing that and i were to stop wanting to watch the games because of it because well i don't want to go to the game because the stadium sucks or i don't want to watch it on tv because the commentators suck or you know whatever reason i don't want to watch the game then why am i going to continue rooting for the team right well that's another thing about you know not wanting to go to a game because the stadium sucks I think our standards for stadiums may be too high when well, every so team's getting ones. a new stadium every 10 years. Well, and that, that is partly our own fault, too, because we keep passing these bills and referendums and everything and paying all these taxes for these and things, which I say kudos to San Diego for saying no. Right. Yep. Although, you know who has the right idea? And I, I hate Mike Florio. We've talked about this. Yeah. He has a habit of whining about the Packers' stock. Oh, the, the, the Packers yeah. offer stock in their team. It's not real stock. You don't have a say in what goes on and doesn't pay dividends. However, the team is publicly owned. It's a pride point for the fan base. And every once in a while, they're all, they'll offer stock up at $150, $200, whatever it is. Now, Mike Florio blasts them for this constantly and, and always, always refers to it as non-stock stock. Yeah. Here's the thing about that non-stock stock. Green Bay has never had to put it to the taxpayers to get a new stadium. Because they raise money. Yes, it is a glorified piece of memorabilia, but you get to go to stockholders' meetings and vote on certain things. And when it comes time for renovations to Lambeau Field, the money's already there. Yeah. The money is right there. If more teams did this, then you would have the people paying for the stadiums that would actually use and want the stadiums. You don't have people like Eric, who doesn't go to a lot of games, paying for a stadium he's never going to use. You've got guys like me, who do go to sports events all the time. I would be more likely to buy the stock. And yes, it is basically just me donating my money to get my name on a piece of paper. But if we start doing this, number one, I'm going to be a lot more invested in my team. And the team is, much like the Packers have done over the past few years with their renovations, the team is going to be much more likely to give back to the fan base. 
No, I think it's a, a good idea. Something should be done because I think the idea of taxpayers paying for a stadium um, for to make billionaires richer. Yes, it, that's the thing. It's like these people who own these teams are not poor. Right. <laughs> they are not scraping by. They have the money. But they're um, holding these cities hostage. We'll leave if you don't give us a new stadium. Exactly. And to be fair, new stadiums do tend to bring some uh, economy into the actual into location. The, into the area, but it does not increase not enough to the justify economy the entire of the co- entire city. Right. It's it's dividing the cities more yeah. by concentrating all of the economy to the one part. It's yeah, it's it's not enough to justify the burden they put on the taxpayer right. for it. Like I could understand I, I would accept maybe a sales tax in the local area that the stadium is going to be to help pay for it. Because that's what you're talking about people who are shopping in that or specific area. Or a sales area. tax on the team's merchandise. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Something something that puts it more on the specific people who are more likely to benefit from it, whether it be the people who actually go to the games or whether it be the people who are going to benefit from the increased traffic in the area. Right. Um, you know, look to, you know, maybe business licenses, uh, business license taxes on uh, businesses within a three or four mile radius of the proposed new stadium site or something to right. that effect where these are the businesses that are going to directly be increased. These are the ones that are going to directly benefit right. or from ma- or maybe the stadium. Maybe a, them help pay for it. Like a tiered system you know all right like a radiation zone yeah yeah so now here's a question to go along with that um here in toledo we have the stranahan theater now what if they wanted to uh rebuild or renovate the stranahan and they want to use taxpayer money would you be in favor of the same things or because it's the arts would it just be acceptable to have the taxpayers pay for it well, I would be okay with helping pay for it because of what it does. Um, however, as far as I, I tend to think of these things in the, the general terms, like would I if I wasn't interested in those sorts of things? And so I think the same thing as far as uh, the area is concerned. If if they built that up to where they would be able to bring in big name shows on a regular basis, that would definitely boost the economy in the area. And so again, if they put like a sales tax or a business license tax, something to that effect that affected that specific area the most, that would be better than a blank blanket uh, citywide or statewide right. even tax that people would have to pay, uh, especially if it, people who may never, ever go there. Right. Or, now, you I, know, se- select taxes I'm, on I'm tickets a, they sell, too. I'm, you a, know? I'm a huge proponent, proponent of the arts, you know. So I I, I think I cannot uh, speak on this because I'll, all I would say is fund the arts, you know. Well, I say and, that, too, however. I, I, I would say, yes, use taxpayer money on it. But it, that's because it's something that I care deeply about. Well, and I do too, but it's the same situation, though. There there are people here in Northwest Ohio that don't give two rips about about the plays and musicals and concerts and everything that go on there. So in the same vein, that's not fair to charge non-sports fans for a stadium. It's not fair to charge non-arts people for for this, you know a, a building that would house plays and musicals and whatnot. I can understand that mindset, and while I don't agree directly, and like I said, I would be more than willing to pay a tax that would benefit the arts. I would, too. I would, you know, it would be even better, I think, if they could find a way, and I think there are ways. We've we've mentioned several ways, and I'm sure there are others, where it could be passed off specifically to the people who would benefit the most from it, those who would partake of the, the arts that would be performed there, right? and those in businesses nearby who would benefit from the additional traffic. I think maybe maybe, like, having... A, a certain section of tax where you decide what it's used for, you know, arts, uh, you know, general stuff, roads or something, just like a cordoned off section of of the taxes 
that is that would be used, you know, sort of blanket for all of these things, and each individual payer gets to decide. I know that's really not something that's possible at all, but yeah, and for it, right. it gets a little complicated because then you have the people who are like, "Well, I don't want to support any of these things. I don't have to pay it at all." And that's not the way it works. Right. right. But uh, yeah, if if you got to choose, you know, what your what your specific taxes are going to benefit, what your publicly funded thing that you would want. Although, would be. in defense of the Huntington Center, they do just as many other things as they do Toledo Walleye games. Yeah, and a lot, of, and it's another thing. A lot of these stadiums host these huge concerts. I'm yep. going to a right. U2 concert at Heinz Field, so. People who aren't into football are very likely going to Heinz Field to see U2 play. So they are using, and Heinz Field hosts so many other events too. So they are going to use this building even though they didn't use oh, yeah. it for yeah, its intended purpose. Get used and- the, more so than, than uh, football or, or baseball, it's the basketball and hockey arenas that, that really can use the space. Right. Yeah, you got you got to get the University of Phoenix Arena twice. I've never seen a football game there. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Went to for a high school graduation that was actually moved there from their school because it was raining. Uh, and then I went for uh, Phoenix Comic Con Fan Fest. They didn't know how to handle the rain out there. They, they were like, oh, dear Lord, like, what do we there's, do? There's, there's water falling from the sky. It was one of the uh, it was one of the high schools in the more upscale neighborhoods. Guys, I fell three and drops. We got to go. They Yeah, they literally, somebody's, somebody's parent called up and had a contact somewhere and was able to be like, hey, you think we can get the stadium for this? Yeah, sure, wow. why not? Wow. <laughs> the one day of the year that it rains. Yeah. Um, Happened to be graduation day. What are you going to do? So ASU has also held their graduations there. Well, yeah. that, that's that's more sensible. But uh, colleges tend to, to tend <laughs> to put graduations in in their own football stadiums, or you know. Yeah, I think um, I think the year that ASU had that, they were uh, redoing Sun Devil, Sun Devil Stadium, so yeah. they yeah. couldn't it was in progress at the time. Right. So we got we got way away from the original point of this because we started talking about stadiums. There. Oh yeah, when is it okay to so, ditch a team? I say now, whenever you feel like. It. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you don't you don't think you should stick it out through you know let's say playoffs most recent playoffs was 5 years ago and yeah they've been bad and they haven't really been competitive but they've got a new GM they've got a new coach are you going to give them the shot to turn things around and try to get your interest back or are you just going to be like nope I am way more interested by uh you know the Indianapolis Colts now well I'm personally far more likely to just not really watch the sport anymore rather than switch that's, teams that's right. something yeah right but, but yeah but I mean you know the conversation I want is like when is it okay to switch teams like when but I've also known people who were more a fan of a particular player and would switch teams on a whim if that player went someplace else right like let's say you're a huge Larry Fitzgerald fan and he chose not to stay in Arizona and he went someplace else I could definitely see people being like I'm not an Arizona fan anymore I'm a fan of wherever the heck Fitz is yeah. um, so there are people like that and there are time. there have been times when I've started following other teams in addition to my teams because um, a player I liked went there the the Diamondbacks championship in 2001 is extremely special to me because I became a baseball fan and a Cubs fan because of Mark Grace Yeah. so that 2001 like Diamondbacks championship put down the, put down the bottle. bottle before getting in the car Yeah. that'd be fantastic he was my favorite player and so that, that 2001 Diamondbacks championship means a lot to me and I remember Tom was rooting for the Yankees 
I was just rooting. Get out of my a, studio. I was just rooting against him. Tom was rooting for the Yankees, and I was rooting for the Diamondbacks. I remember sitting up in our room watching it, and that you know that game went late as that could be. That was such a great series and, too, just because I mean everybody got something. Even the Yankees fans got to see their team win at home every game, right? And we yeah. happened to have home field advantage that time yeah. around, so we got to. It was just so. Thanks amazing. a lot, All Star Game. I, I love. I cool. loved it. Absolutely loved. It. No, that was back that was when before. it was every other. That was yeah, that. yeah. So the way they used to do it. It was it alternated every other year. Yeah. AL got it, NL got it, AL got it, NL got it. So the team with the best record still could have got screwed. Yeah, which but, I think is dumb. Yeah, th- that was dumb. And then changing it to the All Star game was even dumber. Yeah, it should just be home field advantage for the team with the better record. Which is that what they switched to now, or do they go back to the alternating? I don't. Uh, I don't know oh, what they're they not did. doing the All Star game. They're anymore? not doing the All Star game mm-hmm. anymore. I, I I did not read the actual rule change. Yeah. Now they just need to not let the, let the All Star game end in a tie. I don't right. care how long it goes. Baseball does and end in ties. Give me that for crying out loud. All these other sports, ties. Fun and, fact. Ugh. Fun fact. The Cubs game ended in a tie this year. Another fun fact. <laughs> baseball used to end in ties. Another fun fact. They changed fact. it because that was awful. Sometimes they just don't even play a game. Well, I know that. <laughs> if, so uh, what? Wait, you're but s- then if it matters in the standings, they make it up. They right. just so forget what, about it what unless you're saying it doesn't is, matter. So what you're saying is if it didn't matter, you wouldn't care if a game ended in a tie? No, I don't like ties. What if there was I don't a, want any game to end in a tie ever. What if there was a game that didn't matter, but they played it anyway, mm-hmm. and then a hurricane came, and they had to stop the game while it was tied, and then the stadium was destroyed and nobody was injured, uh, and they couldn't finish the game because there's no stadium? They just make it up in another stadium. They've done it before. What That's, if the whole team died? Well, then I guess they forfeit. <laughs> what, if both, what if both teams died? <laughs> wow, that's... Uh, I don't know. Uh, Tom started this. I just had to... <laughs> We're going to find a situation where you think it's okay for there to be a tie. I, I doubt it very much because I'm assuming... Okay, so the hurricane kills everybody on both teams, but I'm sure at least one of those teams had one player on injured reserve back at home at their uh, their home stadium or back just sitting at home with their leg up going, oh my God, I'm the last person alive on the team. First game of the year, the everyone's healthy. One alive guy left, wins. First game of the year, everyone's healthy. No, 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 no. He's on injured reserve. He can't yeah, be used in, in yes, this game. He's ineligible. No, but that's he can't no. be used in this game. And this He'll game. Make it up. Well, but then he, no, they've already started no. this game. If you start a game and you have to you have to postpone the second half of oh, it or whatever, right, you are not eligible to use any player that was not on the roster mm-hmm. during that time. Which which leads to a very interesting dilemma. So say you make a blockbuster deal at the trade deadline. The game before you weren't able to finish. You make this blockbuster deal, you send five guys away in exchange for two or three, you know, uh, higher level guys, but the makeup of the rest of that game isn't until two days after the All-Star break. You are playing with 20 players on your roster for the remainder of that game. Plus, you're good, you only need nine. Plus, you've already lost whatever pitchers you may have used, whatever fielders you may have used as pinch hitters. There is a scenario where you're playing with, you know, just... In the, in the situation that a hurricane comes and kills every member of both teams, I will say it's okay to not count that game. But not for it to count as a tie. It is just not that game is but what if the tie? But what if the tie would put one of the teams into the playoffs? doesn't matter. They're all dead. But it would put them <laughs> into the playoffs. They're not going to be in the playoffs. They're all dead. But then they would bring no, up all up their minor. No, scenario. and now I'm making up the rest of the scenario because then they would bring up their minor leaguers to play in the playoffs. And it would be yeah. a feel-good story, and you're robbing America of that feel-good story. Then they would make up the game with players, from, new players from both teams. No, they wouldn't. Yes, they would. You're not allowed to. Because they weren't on the roster. They would. It would be a different game. No. Nope. They would make a different game. Nope. It would be one of these one-game playoff tiebreaker nope. bullshit nope. things that they would make. Yes, they would. 
Yes, they would. They wouldn't declare one team as, a winner. As the rules And in your scenario, it, if the game doesn't count, it's the same as it being Yeah, but a tie. now I just alter so the scenario. Now, but I just alter the scenario I've to say the scenario. what Pray if... Pray I don't yes. alter it further. <laughs> what if the result puts a team into the playoffs? Well, then they need a result one way or the other. A tie isn't going to cut it, so they're still going to have to play no, another game. No, a tie would cut it. A tie would put them in the playoffs, but a loss would put them out of the playoffs. Because a tie the would make them half. All, it's the same as a tie. Because a tie would make them half a game better. But that doesn't that doesn't help the situation. That doesn't help the scenario that you're putting forth. Because you still need a winner and a loser in order to put somebody. But forward. they need to complete the game so that the team yeah. that they would jump isn't cheated. Yeah. Because if they so lose they to, that game, they need to make up the game. But all the players are dead. But calling it a tie isn't going to help either. Yes, it will because it will give a definitive result. If they tie, yeah. they're a half game better. But if they lose, they're a full they're the a full game worse than the team that they would jump with the tie. I, I think we've let this go Ties on long enough. We really have. Result. To those of you who are still listening, <laughs> I apologize. I really just got wrapped up in trying to further Tom's ridiculousness. It's a dangerous I thing often, to try. I often fight it, but this one was fun. First so. team of mine that. Uh, that that actually uh, pushes for ties in baseball, they lose my fanship immediately. <laughs> That's when it's okay to That's jump That's when ship. it's okay. All right, so we've established you can't go to a division rival. You can't go to the champion you or the, the, champion. the loser of the championship. championship. Uh, top, so top two teams are out from the previous year. Anybody in the same division as your previous team? Yep. And now, now so say I gave up on the Cubs four years ago. Would I be able to go and say, oh, I was a Cubs fan when I was a kid, this World Series, that's, no. that's my World Series? If you went to a different team, if you picked a different you team. You can't come back when they get good. Come back. If you just stop paying attention to the sport altogether, you're okay, I think. But if you, but if I if I went and became a New York Mets fan. You can't come back, you're a I Mets fan. I can't come back to the you Cubs. You can never you, come back from that. You give up. <laughs> right. You give up all of the history of fandom that you've had. It goes into the books in ink. <laughs> what books? Who's, who's keeping this book? Your own book. You don't keep a book of, of sports fandom history? I do not. I do not Tom, at all. I'm not going to jump in on this one. You might be on your own. <laughs> I'm just saying, the the hypothetical book. You know there's someone out there who keeps books. Yeah, and I'm sure I don't care about those, that person's books. Anyway, so it's not so it's not acceptable to come back once you've left a team. Right. You think you can agree to that too, you can, even you though you're not. Go back to, you can't go to a team that has the same colors as your original team. I'm just throwing out more rules. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Again, I say <laughs> if you put money into a team, you can be a fan of them. Doesn't matter how long you've been a fan previously, doesn't matter if you're going to be a fan after. If you put money into a team, then you're you can be a fan. Fandom is a little strange anyway. Even if that means that hey, you know what? Hey, this team over here that I've ignored for three years is now doing well. I'm gonna go to a couple of games. Well then you get to be a fan again because you paid you paid for that right. You're feeding that team money. You get to be a fan of so them. I, I generally feel that way, but if we're having these rules so I've, that I'm you're proposing. I'm terribly against bandwagoning. It drives me nuts. I, I am okay with bandwagoning as long as the jersey looks cool. <laughs> I'm against bandwagoning, and that's, what, and that's what these rules prevent. It prevents bandwagoning. It prevents all these Browns fans from being Patriots fans. And you know what this world doesn't need? <laughs> more more Patriots. Patriots fans. Any Patriots fans. <laughs> oh, sorry. More Patriots fans. That's what these rules are about. It's about preventing bandwagoning and about preventing more Patriots fans. 
Now we got to the heart of it. All right, yeah. folks. So um, why don't we just make it a blanket rule? You can change teams anytime you want as long as it's not to the Patriots. Any I team, any sport, as long as you're not going to the Patriots. There's, Away from the Patriots, absolutely. To the Patriots, no. No go. It's against the rules. There's there's this great uh, this great picture. It's, it's the same guy four consecutive years. He jumped ship on teams four years in a row for the new Super Bowl champion. He's in a different jersey at every Super Bowl party. <laughs> And that's the kind of thing that I hate. Like, don't do. Here's the don't thing. be that guy. He bought that jersey. He paid money to that jersey, right. which ends up going to that team, which means, hey, he he paid for the right to root for that team. And the fact that he keeps doing it over and over again just proves that he's dumb. Right. Because now he's paid for four different teams to have his money instead of buying one jersey, sticking with that team, and just because jerseys tend to last more than one year if you get the good ones anyway. Yeah. Right. And. Uh, then you don't have to rebuy it all the time. Yeah, I just, I'm, I'm against also why the... I don't buy jerseys with name ever. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do as long as, you know, like the quarterback. You know he's going to be there, it, you know, as long as you got like the, the Andrew Lux and the Drew Breeses and the Aaron Rodgers of the world. And the people getting uh, the $30 million a year deals. Yeah. Uh, now, I'm not, I'm definitely not tell ever. That's all the people running around Green Bay Farva jerseys. <laughs> I still rock the Farb jersey. He was there for 20 years. Oh, and he's been welcomed back with open arms now by most of us. And open fly. By most of us. I don't get That's the other thing I don't get. You're a fan of the team for so long, and your player moves on to another team. Why don't you just cherish the time you had watching him play instead of— Because people are bitter. You know? Well, that, that flows back into what I was saying about some people just following player. Yeah. You, you will have people who are more interested in the player or a specific cluster of players than they are the team right. for which they play. Well, I got way more invested in the Vikings in that 2009 season than I ever would have been. <laughs> I think Not that I was openly did. rooting for them, but like Favre being there, I was kind of like, like if uh, they make the Super Bowl and win, yeah, oh, I, I'd I know, be all right I with it. I feel I actually paid attention to what Boston was doing when Schilling went over there yeah. because that was before I yeah, knew that Schilling was in. Was a tool, complete idiot yeah. person. I just saw him play baseball and said, "Hey, this guy's good at playing baseball. Yeah. I like that." I then do. I heard him speak and I was like, "I oh. do. I do want to put Schilling in our basement of fame just to watch David's head just <laughs> for for if if you're just judging him based on his play." And that's how I am. It, that's it, what I'm doing with the basement and of I'm fame. I'm okay with it, but yeah, as far as like I said, the first show, if I want to put <laughs> if I want to put OJ Simpson in there, it's going to be solely based on his uh, on field performance. That's you know. <laughs> Well, uh, that's assuming the that O.J. Simpson didn't actually murder them in a field. I don't. They were I found in the home. He could have were... dragged them. I don't even think he drove through a field when he was on the Explorer. No, no it was all highway. Stuck to roads. Yeah. Even though, I mean, I mean, even then, that's that was an impressive car chase. So that could get him in the Hall of Fame too. What, like five it, miles per hour down yeah, the highway? The, the, the slow speed car chase. Yeah, that like was, that's what was that's what made it impressive was that nobody zoomed in front of him and cut him off. They just let him go. Yeah, just like we're just gonna follow him until we something happens. Till he yeah. runs out of gas. We've got more cars. We can follow him till he runs out of gas. Yeah. What would they have done if he'd pulled into a gas station? Like, the driver had gotten out and put gas in the car while he was still hungered down in the back. Like, they'd have just been, like, parked at some of the customers. Just waiting. I I need some gas, too. I'm just going to fill up while we're here. (laughs) Just Just waiting. Hey, hey, you good? You want to keep this going? Do you see the news chapters? We're on the news, guys. Oh, man. All right. Well, I do believe that that is all the time we have for today. Uh, Thank you guys for listening and putting up with whatever the hell that just was. Hey, that was your idea. (laughs) And I tell you what, I promise we will talk sports at you next week.